Gilman Church of Christ, this is a special bonus interview uh, with Nora Gravois, our newest addition to the Skillman team. This Sunday, I was able to preach a, uh, a sermon that talked about care. And part of the reason that we spoke about care is because of this exciting news that Nora has joined our team here at the Skillman Church of Christ as a congregational care coordinator. It's great news. We love Nora. And so, Nora, say hello to everybody out there. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so we thought we'd take this opportunity uh, to just share a little bit more about her, uh, to tell her story a little bit, to uh, allow her to share more of her vision for this, um, for this job and also some of the things that she's excited about. And uh, just to kind of communicate and, and for you guys to get to know her and love her as we have done, because the more we talk to her, the more we hear from her, the more we learn from her, I think it's just a, a contagious excitement. And I think uh, you will also uh, share in that excitement after hearing her uh, talk and about her story. But man, real quick, would you mind just telling the Skillman Church of Christ podcast audience your story? Who, who are you? What, what's your story, Nora? Okay, thanks for this opportunity and thanks for those kind things you said. Um, well, I grew up in East Texas on a, on a farm. I've mm-hmm. uh, been raised um, as a church-going girl my whole life, but had a lot of anger in my teenage and mm. young adult So years. you were a rebellious teenager. I have always had a little rebellious <laughs> spirit. My mother tells us, used to tell a story about me at two years old when my dad would be in a meeting visiting with mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. Uh, that came over, and I would go and stand by him, and I would like to stand there constantly putting my hand on his knee until he put me on his lap. And she said he would put me down, and I would come right back. He put me down and oh, come right back. Oh, my so goodness. Sometimes I have been called a little stubborn and rebellious. <laughs> What's your birth order, by the way? I'm the third okay, child, the third. Okay. oldest daughter. Okay, oldest daughter. Oh, fantastic. Yes, of six children. So uh, East Texas, what city in East Texas, by the way? Well, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Texas. Pittsburgh, Texas? An hour and a half, about north, mm-hmm. two and a half hours, I guess, northeast of here. Um, okay. On a farm, my dad was a fill-in preacher. I grew up going to churches all yeah. over East Texas area where yeah. we would go and small mm-hmm. congregations, just mm-hmm. growing up, um, seeing how God works in different ways and different Churches yeah. and different bodies of believers. Did you graduate high school from Pittsburgh High School? I did. Graduated from Pittsburgh High School and worked for a year and then went on to college at Lubbock Christian University. Graduated with a bachelor's degree in social work. Lubbock Christian um, University. Yes. Of all the universities in all the land. I mean, you're in East Texas. You choose to go all the way to, to Lubbock. What led to that decision? It was strictly a God thing. I mm-hmm. can look back at my life and I can see so many ways where God was directing me and mm-hmm. paths. And after he humbled me enough through some really difficult situations, I learned to wake up and say, okay, this is what you want from me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I went to Lubbock Christian. I was actually born in Lubbock because, um, and we maintained friendships there. As a child, mm-hmm. we would go back to Lubbock for vacations and mm-hmm. stay with friends. And so I was familiar enough with Lubbock to say I, at least I knew the town. There were some older folks there that mm-hmm. were my parents' age who mm-hmm. were willing to put me under their wing if I needed help. Oh, and so yeah. God made those arrangements back when I was a small child yeah. to be able to come back home to Lubbock when I yeah. needed it. That's fantastic. So after Lubbock Christian, where did your life journey take you? Yeah, um, my senior year, I was graduating uh, with a degree in social work, Mm -hmm. and Lubbock Christian wanted to start an internship program with a a residential treatment center, a children's home in California. California? Yes, God has taken me everywhere. (gasps) Oh, man. Anything I've ever done, anywhere I've ever been, anyone I've ever met was simply because God put it in my path. Fantastic. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, There was no reason for small 
poor mm. country girl with a rebellious spirit <laughs> to be asked to go to California and set up an internship program for the social work department and this uh, residential treatment center. So I went out there and I met the man that, that God had designed for me. Oh my goodness. So uh, how old were you when you first went to California? You were 21? I was, 20- no, I was an older okay. freshman. I was 20 as a freshman in the dorm. Okay, so those yeah. were some stories and experiences on its own. <laughs> so you're about 24, 25 yes. year old. Yes. Moving west, was it in Los Angeles or was it? It was actually in Northern California. It was okay. Vacaville. It was just north, about an hour from San Francisco. Yeah. In a beautiful part of the country. Um, we could take the kids to uh, snow in the mountains or sun at the beach down south. Oh, my goodness. Um, Sounds like paradise. It was a wonderful time. God, again, <laughs> God used the time, though, to teach me a lot of different things. So that's where you met Mike Gravois. I met Mike The there. famous Mike Gravois. <laughs> Otherwise known as Moose. What? I'm giving away a secret Wait a here. second. This is a nickname? Uh, all right. Let this be known. Uh, he can also be known as, as Moose. I think uh, those at Skillman Church, we we know who Mike is, Mike Gravois. He's already, and they've made a splash. Both you and Mike have made a, a tremendous splash for the church. You know, Mike Gravois is um, Director of Development for Lifeline Chaplaincy, which is an incredible organization that cares for people who are in the hospital and also families that are visiting the sick ones and uh, loved ones in the hospital. And uh, so you guys started attending Skillman, but... I mean, you guys have already made a splash, but how how did it work out with you and Mike? How did you guys meet in California? Well, we met at the, at the residential treatment center, which was a children's home for emotionally and behaviorally disturbed kids. So he was the lead counselor there. His um, his master's degree is in counseling. Mm. And so he was the lead counselor there, and I was, quote, assigned to him mm. uh, to the cottage where he was working. We did not like each other at first. <laughs> My rebellious spirit and his um, incredible focus. Yeah. Um, collided a little bit. Oh, man, in the I imagine, I imagine. But God used those kids and the experiences to mold both of us, and I saw what a what a wonderful man he was, mm-hmm. what an incredible teacher and mentor for those mm-hmm. kids. He himself had um, had a rough um, teenage and young adult mm-hmm. years, and he could just speak to those kids who were um, blowing out in the most horrible ways, and he could turn their behaviors around and counsel them in a way that brought him back to a place of, of willingness to learn instead oh, of fight. Wow. And wow. so he won my heart that way. Yes. God knew that, I think. That's why he introduced me to him. Yes. And yes. so Mike has continued to help me in those areas and a lot of times. Well, we have complimented each other. and He's definitely the other half. It sounds like a dynamic duo uh, <laughs> right there. And so, I mean, what what on earth led to you leaving California? Because it sounds like you had the most beautiful situation there. Uh, what led you guys to, to move? We did. We had a really great situation. Unfortunately, I had some things in my family, and I felt like I just needed to come mm. back and, and try to help um, help mm. some things, some issues that were going on in my family. Mm. And so mm. after about two years, we came back to Texas. Mm. I got a job with the Texas Department of uh, Protective Services for Children. Yeah. So I became an investigator and mm. a, a home therapist mm. for children who were being removed from the home. Um, and as they were getting ready to go back to the home, I worked with the birth parents mm. to get them back in. Um, and he had a job as a, uh, a therapist with a, um, a psychiatric hospital working mm. with adolescents and youth. Interesting. Um, and from there, God just kind of took us different places. Yeah. He opened doors for ministry simply mm. because, like Skillman, we mm. began attending the West Irwin Church of Christ and got mm. very involved. And the minister there asked Mike if he would ever consider stepping into ministry mm-hmm. as a connections and involvement minister. Wow. So wow. that's really what opened the doors for ministry for us. Yeah. And, um, and what city is that in? That was in Tyler. Oh, Tyler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tyler, Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we had a lot of little journeys in between there trying to, to keep up and be closer to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, we, and because I knew people 
from small churches in that mm, community. Yeah. Um, East Texas doesn't change much. <laughs> and so we were able just to fit right back in. But yes. some of those old roles were not very healthy for mm, us. Um, yeah. And we found ourselves, um, you know, doing things that Satan wanted us to become the old people we were oh, instead of maintaining yeah. the new person that Christ had created in us mm, when mm. we met each other. Yes. And so yeah. um, we started looking around and God took us to um, Bowles Home. Home. Where Mike um, opened their um, recreational therapy, their experiential therapy program. So mm-hmm. he helped get their ropes course built mm-hmm. and he ran that mm-hmm. um, and was the youth minister on campus Fantastic. for all those kids. Fantastic. And, and so while he was doing that, I went back to school and got my master's in social work. Yeah. And after that, um, we stayed at Bowles Home for a while and then. Um, God gave us an opportunity for him to go back to that initial church who asked yeah. him. And this yeah. time he said, yeah, I think I'm, I'm ready. I, uh-huh. In the beginning, Mike felt like he had not, didn't have the, um, the experience mm. to be, work within a church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because we'd always been on the mental health side of things and yeah. helping people yeah. as volunteers and as just members mm. of the church. And, yeah. Um, so he accepted a position as the Connections and Involvement Minister for the West Urban Church of Christ and Tyler. Fantastic. He was mentored by Jay Lockhart and that ministry team there mm-hmm. and uh, learned about a lot about working in a church family. Yes. And then um, I got a job as a foster care and adoption administrator. Mm. So I became the administrator of the foster care and adoption program. Okay. And yeah. um, we did that for, yeah. for many years. We fostered during that time. Mm. We've had about 25 foster boys. We oh, always chose wow. um, older teenage boys. Mm. They really connect. Mike could really speak to them and they mm-hmm. could really connect with him with kids who um, were just, you know, in, in situations that we felt were very similar to our own mm. in some ways. Yeah. And so um, the Lord blessed us with about 25 foster kids in our marriage. And we had three of those boys who stayed very close to us. And my daughter to this day calls them her brothers. Oh yeah. And, um, Again, God has just placed all these opportunities in front of us, John Mark, that at the time we thought were random events. Yeah. But now, looking back, you can see. Yes, uh, 30 years yeah. later in our marriage, we know that he had a hand in weaving every little thing. Because even to this day, our, fo- our foster son called us recently and mm. shared with us that he is also going to start foster adopting oh, simply because wow. of his time with us. And, wow. You know, you don't hear stories like that very often. Yeah. We've been pulled over by a police officer for speeding, yes, mm. I must that. <laughs> and when yeah. the officer came up to the car and saw Mike, he said, you don't recognize me, do mm. you? And Mike said, I'm sorry, sir, do, do, am I supposed to know you somewhere? Yeah. I know oh, yeah. I'm speeding, I didn't, I didn't realize it. And he said, no, he said, you changed my life. Mm. And it was at a time when he was working at the psychiatric hospital on the youth Oh, um, my goodness. And he had worked with this young man on the wow. unit and, you know, done some counseling with him and support. And um, and the man, the police officer was in tears thanking Mike for the difference he'd made in his life. So little things like yeah. that. We didn't know that him being yeah. in, in this mental health facility, yeah. you know, 10 years later was going to result in a police officer pulling us over. So I need to ask what everyone's <laughs> thinking. Did uh, the officer give him a ticket? No, he gave him a warning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. That's good. It worked out. Yeah. And uh, uh, you talk about this journey. I mean, if you look at your name, uh, your resume, right, you have like, I don't know how many initials after your name. It's like, it's, it's, it's a long, a lot of initials. What does it all mean? Like, yeah. what is what does all these initials mean? Yeah, every time I've I've had a, an opportunity to work, then I've gone for the additional certification that would leave mm-hmm. me there. But that's what it is. It's just a lot of information, a lot mm. of academics yeah. that has helped me 
um, mm. in the reality of yeah. helping people. So um, I'm a LMSW, which is a licensed master social worker. Yeah, yeah. I have the IPR, which is an independent <clears throat> practitioner recognition, which means I can go into <laughs> private practice yes. if I want. Yes. Um, and then I have a, a QD qualified. QDCS. I even have to think about it. <laughs> well, there's so many initials. Yeah, it's so many embarrassing years. because it's just initials. But I'm a qualified dementia <laughs> care specialist. Along my journey, God introduced me to hospice, mm. which led me to being a specialized social worker for those folks with memory care issues and on the hospice journey. So yes. I became a social worker who uh, worked within the hospice field, specifically with those families whose loved one was nearing the end of life because of their dementia and yeah. the breakdown of their body. Yeah. So God led me to uh, the dementia field where I um, did that and eventually became a program director for the Alzheimer's Alliance in My Tyler. Goodness. What and a so, big deal. You're, you're, you're a pretty big deal. God, no, I'm not. God is the big deal because <laughs> I didn't do any of this. He did every bit of it. He's just given me incredible opportunities. I was able to serve on the governor's panel oh for creating stars. the Texas plan for addressing the, Alzheimer's. In the world of a uh, social worker, you become a big deal. I mean, I, like, like if I, I, I at the conference, could I name, name drop you at the social work conference? You, probably, you might meet some of my <laughs> friends. Yes. You, you so, likely meet some. I mean, you are, I mean, if someone asks you your profession, I would imagine you say you're a social worker. I do. Uh, and so, I mean, really good one, by the way, it's, it seems your, your career, your experience, I mean, this is your expertise is social work. Uh, and from my understanding, uh, you know, you you were hired on as uh, to, at this church, but it's, it's not like you're looking for a, a, to, to work here. You didn't apply. No. The elders, from what I understand, approached you on their own and yeah. said, "We need someone like you and our staff." Like what what led to that? I mean, yeah. how did it happen? Again, God humbles humbles me continually as a minister's wife of about 25 years with Mike. I have always felt that my ministry mm-hmm. within a church body where we had committed mm-hmm. would be for helping the church body members with any yeah. kind of social work or mental health or just life coping needs. Mm-hmm. And so um, as we've gotten involved here at Skillman, I had told the elders, I've told the ministry staff, mm-hmm. I've met the ladies Bible class, mm-hmm. you know, and I've just offered and said, if there's ever anything that I can do for you as a social worker, mm-hmm. please give me that opportunity. So I um, spoke at a Lifeline Chaplaincy event. I was there. That was good. Yeah, okay. Stay well, room only. Yeah, that was, that was a, well, thank a, a, you. Good, a good, a good speech. You. Yeah. Thank you, John Mark. I, um, I did a presentation on caring for caregivers because so many of our folks in the body are caregiving for someone, mm-hmm. uh, either personally or professionally. We have parents caring for adult children. Mm-hmm. We have adult children caring for elderly parents. Mm-hmm. We have young parents caring for um, disabled or developmentally mm-hmm. challenged uh, children. Or, mm-hmm. but, but we are all caregivers on some level for mm-hmm. someone at some point or some season in our life. Mm-hmm. And so I gave a presentation on how, as a church, can we reach out and support caregivers in the body. Yeah. <laughs> and so following that, uh, one of the elders, Craig Gray, asked if I would be willing to help start a support group for caregivers here mm-hmm. at Skillman. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. I was all over that yeah, and, yeah. and couldn't wait to get that started. So started talking with some of the church members and getting that going. And then um, I, in meeting with the um, elders about that mm-hmm. and um, the elders sharing and shared a dream about what, you know, what could yeah. we as a Skillman church do to take care of our members in the community better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was coming as a volunteer strictly yeah. just to kind of share some <laughs> ideas and yeah. to, to help, help maybe guide that along, move that along. Yeah. Um, and so I was completely shocked when um, I was asked to come back and, and I had brought some of my ideas just to share with them. Yeah. But I actually already had two other job offers and I was oh, intending to take one goodness. of them. 
and um, it was a, a really good But you blew their socks. You blew their socks off apparently because <laughs> they came back and said, uh, "Hey, we want you to." Well, it completely surprised me, honestly, yeah, and I was yeah. I was completely humbled. But after 25 years of ministry and just doing this part as mm-hmm. my service to the church, mm-hmm. I've always thought, "Man, I wish." church leaders could see the connection mm. between social work support mm. services, resources and ministry yes. because it's all pastoral. Mm-hmm. And when you have a, 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 a spiritual mindset behind your work, mm-hmm. which I do, I, mm-hmm. I've always felt like God brought my passion and my, my work together mm-hmm. for ministry. And mm. that was just my ministry yeah. for the kingdom. And, um, I was completely shocked that this eldership had thought of that. But then I thought, why am I shocked? God has always planted seeds before me. Mm. And if I, if my heart was open to whatever he wanted yes. yeah. to fertilize and cultivate, yes. that he would grow something. Mm. And so, again, I was very humbled by the elders mm. asking if this is yeah. something that I would ever be interested in doing. Well, man, well, I mean, speaking, uh, I'm excited speaking for Thank me you. and the staff and the, I know the elders are too. And your job title officially is congregational care coordinator. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the CCC. <laughs> we have the CDC, but you're the CCC. <laughs> so just make sure there's a clarification there. When we're saying the CCC, it's Nora. When we're saying the CDC, that's the, the, the CDC over there with the kids. <laughs> but, uh, how, how do you define congregational care? Like what, what does that look like to you? And social worker, what does, what does that mean? Well, for me, it looks like the early church. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the early church, we have the earliest examples in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, how God's people took care of each other in times of crisis, in times of change, in times of transition or need. Um, they didn't wait for an outside source to mm-hmm. come in. Mm-hmm. They took it upon themselves to say, what can we do for our family? Mm-hmm. And in the New Testament, we have examples, you know, in, in um the, the early church of how they came together, sold their possessions, met together, prayed together, worshiped together, but also cared together mm, mm. doing things. And so what I, what I hope my dream is that this ministry is not about me. It's about mm. this church body coming mm. together mm. and um, working together, serving together for not only his kingdom believers here in this building, but eventually maybe the community around us mm. so that the, the Lord's kingdom just grows by the way we care for each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we'd all agree that uh, there is a need to care for each other. And, you know, there's some things going on. There are people that are doing great things, caring for those that are sick, uh, bringing food to uh, to those uh, that are hungry. I mean, I know that there's people that visit those in the hospital and who bring communion to those that are homebound. Um and from what I understand from this position, uh, your job is not to take all of that on yourself. Oh, my goodness. There is no way. There is such a legacy here, and I want to honor that. Mm. I want this church family to know about all the incredible things that is already being done. Mm. I will, I, There is no desire mm-hmm. to take away from anything that is being done, but simply mm. to pull it all together mm. in a way that God's glory will just shine it's not about me at all Mm -hmm. those people who are currently doing all of these wonderful caring things for each Mm other um bringing others alongside Mm -hmm. them yeah helping to equip Mm -hmm. this church body to feel empowered to make change in people's lives not that we are responsible for making it happen Mm -hmm. we're we're planting Mm -hmm. seeds we're gathering resources we're working in the garden together exactly exactly to, to, to do those kinds of things it's what I, I hope is that this church body and I 
will be able to work together mm. in a way that simply shines God's light. Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. not our own. Oh, yeah. If I could become mm-hmm. invisible, I would be so happy with that <laughs> because that means God's work is being done. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. have anything to do with it. And that's yeah. the way he works. He uses yeah. us and we cannot continue to grow if we don't share what he yeah. has taught us. Yeah. His expectation, even Jesus is to Peter's expectation. Is, mm. You know, when you've gone through trials, when you've gone through um, hard times, when you've gone through struggles, I expect you're going to turn around and share mm-hmm. it with others. Oh, yeah. And so anything that I have learned, anything that I have gained in knowledge or experiences is not for me. It's for mm. the person beside me. Yeah, yeah. And if we're all doing that, then the world around us is going to be changed. Oh, I believe it. I mean, it sounds to me that you're almost uh, you know, setting us up for success in some ways, setting a structure, a plan. I mean, because any time in a volunteer organization, when it's volunteers involved, giving their own time after work or on the weekends, um, it's, it's, it's inevitable that sometimes people are going to fall through the cracks. Uh, people aren't going to be seen. And, and most times, these are the most vulnerable with us, with the, the 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 quietest voice that that people have a hard time noticing. They're not the the, uh, and so uh, the most vulnerable are the ones that are often forgotten. And uh, and so I mean, what I see, I'm just excited about this because what I see is you know somebody kind of doing the grunt work, the organizational grunt work, you know, making sure doing the hard work of finding who is it out there that needs help, uh, who can give the help, connecting you together, making sure it's a cohesive system where we are not letting anybody fall through the cracks and we're caring for each other. That is the ultimate dream, I yeah. think, for any church body, but it's certainly mm. for us as brothers and sisters of mm. one another mm-hmm. and then to the community outside of us. One of my uh, favorite fra- uh, prayers, I should say, mm-hmm. is asking God to help me see the one he sees. Mm. Because in Genesis, yeah. when God saw Hagar, mm-hmm. you know, just like you talked about, he saw her in her time of need. Yes. And most people in a time of need feel invisible mm. because nobody wants attention drawn to the need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But God sees that need. And mm-hmm. then he puts us in place mm-hmm. to try to help with that need. Mm. And so you're actually you're absolutely right. I hope mm. that God works together with all of us to bring the need and the person connected. Yeah. And this yeah. church family can be energized and yeah. revitalized and just feel the pneuma, oh, the man. fresh the air of yeah, God. Exactly. When when he moves in and makes a change and yeah. tra- not a change in what we're doing, mm-hmm. but in our hearts. Yes. The cultivating, the stirring up of yeah. our hearts that says, Oh, I could do that. That's yeah. easy. Yes. Or I could give up that time. Yeah. What am I going to be doing instead? Exactly. Knowing exactly. that it's for the um, the benefit mm-hmm. of that person being Jesus's hands and feet. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Demonstrating mm. that compassion that he did to every person. He exactly. exactly. Anyone who ever came in contact with Jesus, mm-hmm. their needs were met. Mm-hmm. If they accepted it. Yeah. And their lives were changed. Yes. And that's yeah. hope. Oh man. I believe it. Yeah. A phrase that I recently mm. learned was hope carrier. Mm. We can become hope carriers to people wow. when we pull all of this together and we see where we can get plugged in and what part of this could I do to help yeah. someone and what part of this could I lead? What part mm-hmm. of this could mm-hmm. I expand? Yeah. Not yeah. me, each member asking that question. Yes. Getting oh, involved yeah. in a way that feels like a revival in the heart. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, is there like a tangibly, what does that look like in your experience? Uh, you know, it's speaking more about actual things that people do and 
what are tangible ways you see this being played out? Oh, I think there's there's needs, like you said earlier, that, that people are already providing. Um, and so learning about those. Mm-hmm. But taking someone to the doctor mm. to be um, a, a second pair of ears that could just help clarify and answer mm. questions. Yeah. Um, taking people to, to grocery shop or mm. go grocery shop for someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, delivering meals mm. to some yeah. of our our. our wonderful family members who simply cannot get out, Mm, but mm -hmm. being willing to give up a couple of hours a week Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. to make sure that some of our uh, family members who are homebound Mm -hmm. and can't get out and Mm -hmm. maybe don't have family close by, that we could provide meals, that that we could just go Mm -hmm. by and visit and be a companion to them. Beautiful. Loneliness and isolation um, are very detrimental to our spirits. Yes, yes. And Satan knows that. So when if nobody else is coming to visit, Satan's always there to discourage. <laughs> and so we've got to be the other side. We've got mm-hmm. to be God's light. And, um, you know, helping with life, just coping issues. You know, mm-hmm. there are sometimes single parents just need another set of hands to watch a child because they have to work late for an hour or two or because they have conflicting demands and yeah. having someone just to help out for an afternoon or mm-hmm. a, a couple of, you know, even 30 minutes to an hour until they can get home and yes. be with their kids. Oh, yes. So there are a lot of tangible needs. We're not talking about throwing money at mm. something. Oh, wow. yeah. We're talking about engaging our hearts mm. in the lives of our church family and building the kingdom because we're making a difference mm. in one another's lives. Seeing each other. Yes, yeah. we are seeing each yeah. other. The same yeah. kind of vision that God has when he sees a need. Mm-hmm. He sent Hagar mm-hmm. the support, the resources, the strength, mm-hmm. the comforter that she needed at mm-hmm. that time in her life. And that's how God wants to use us. Oh, yes. How oh, yeah. can we do that in tangible ways? Mowing yards, cleaning out leaves from gutters, oh, raking yeah. leaves, yeah. cleaning out a garage, sweeping down spider webs. Man. Wiping yeah. off a, these are th- a window. These are tangible needs. And uh, I know there are people that would love to, to do that if they knew where or how or, or how to go about it. And I, can, I can just get excited about providing those opportunities for people. Yes. And, and the church family will come together. Yes. Oh, yeah. And other oh, yeah. people are going to say, wow, what's going on over there? They are really, yeah. there's something over there going on. <laughs> yeah. They are known by their love. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, Skillman, and this is the last question, because uh, I know you, you probably got some work to do, Nora, I'm you know, b- bothering you here with this interview, but uh, what are your hopes and dreams for the Skillman Church of Christ? Oh, my goodness. I, I always want to remember that it's God's hopes and dreams for all of us mm. above my own. Mm. And so, number one, I want to follow his plan. I want to follow his direction. He has put all of us here mm-hmm. for a reason, for mm-hmm. a season, for a purpose. Mm. And so if every church member could say that, and look at one another in this body of believers and say, mm-hmm. you are my brother, mm-hmm. you are my sister, and mm-hmm. I am here for you. Mm. And then you, the energy and the, the being known mm-hmm. by love and just bringing hope to one another. Yeah. And then our lives are lived in such a way that the faith, mm-hmm. the seed that God has planted in our hearts, mm-hmm. we are in turn planting it all around us. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's God's will for all of us. That's his dream for all of us, that as a church body, as mm-hmm. a family of believers, yes. that we are doing that for one another. Beautiful, beautiful vision. And uh, I'm pretty, I'm positive that uh, those listening are just as excited after hearing you, you talk about your dreams and visions and what you, your background has gifted you. 
Um, and we are blessed to have you here at this church. And so those listening, uh, what a gift it is. I, I thank God for Nora and uh, for her heart and for her willingness to walk alongside us uh, as a church family and make us better so that we can see each other, so that those that are in need can be cared for. And really those that want to serve can be given an opportunity to do that. And uh, so, uh, man, find Nora, give her a hug, welcome her again uh, to this this family. Uh, ask her any question that you you might need. If you see something that you have a, have a need for, uh, she's a great person to talk talk with as well. But uh, Nora, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you are so welcome. I'm just yeah. looking forward to being able to answer questions and help people uh, know. Where to go? Just give me a place to start. Oh, man. That, let's, let's talk more about that. There'll be some announcements about a place to start here in a little bit. So keep posted about that. Uh, God bless you all. And uh, we will talk soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you.